0: Welcome, everyone, uh, to our services. Welcome, any first-time guests and everybody on the CGI online audience. Today, for the opening prayer, we're going to have Brother David Townsend from the Ottawa Congregation. Eternal Father, we come before you at this time to thank you for this Sabbath day the opportunity to meet in peace and safety, and the blessings that you give from learning your way of life. We pray for your inspiration, for the speakers today, your guidance, your Holy Spirit to be with them, to give us the message we need. But we also pray for the listeners, the brethren, and those who look to you for your help and strength and guidance. Father, in their lives. We pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother David. Now if you open up your hymnals if you have any, if not, the words will be projected on screen, but we will go to our first hymn, Hymn one hundred and thirty eight Jesus Saves. Hymn one thirty eight. This time, if you would open your Bibles, we'll have a scripture reading. I'll read from Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 14. Ephesians 4, 11 to 14. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Amen. To sum up the announcements, if you go to... For today's sermon, there's a companion handout. If you go to cgicanada.org, cgicanada.org, and for, uh, it's called What's New for today's date, October 31st, and it's called What's New. There, that's the companion handout. Also, the weekly Bible study, tune in this Wednesday at 7.30pm for a new book. Don't forget to turn your clocks back one hour tonight, one hour tonight, and the local Ottawa Burlington, check the Slack for a link for our Zoom call. This time we'll have another hymn, 31, The Church's One Foundation, after which we'll have the sermon delivered by Pastor Jim French, it's good to say that, Pastor Jim French, entitled A New Beginning. Immediately following the hymn, page 31.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, just to uh, um, let you know where the handout is available, it's on CGI.org slash new. And since uh, one of the things I do is the uh, website in Canada, I work on that as well. Uh, I might as well give a small uh, advertisement for the website just before I get started. The uh, the What's New page, so cgiCanada.org/new, uh, is a page that um, has all of the new things that are happening uh, in the Church of God International in the last week. Uh, I found uh, with over 200 different uh, websites and web pages to, to go through, um, it, I thought it would be a good benefit to be able to list. Here are the nine live sermons that are given every week. So there's uh, video sermons. Um, there's also audio sermons given in uh, places like Ottawa and in uh, New York. Mike James's uh, church, uh, Maryland, uh, does audio sermons. Uh, there's also uh, any new booklets, any new uh, international news magazines, any new uh, programming that's done, uh, the Armor of God webcasts and things like that it's nice to have one central location where you can have links to all of those things that might've changed in the last week. And so currently on the uh, what's new page, there's only one link that's active at this point and that's uh, a link to this handout. So if, if you look at the, uh, if you go down the page a little bit, the first link that's available is um, the handout for for this message. And it is worthwhile if you uh, get the handout, there's uh, uh, some, uh, Uh, extra text there that uh, I think you'll find beneficial so to begin in October 1997 a firestorm broke out across Canada because Canada's largest Protestant denomination called the United Church of Canada uh, selected a new moderator and for the United Church of Canada the moderator is the spokesman or the head of the church and uh, if you're not familiar with the United Church of Canada, it was formed in 1925 by combining three different uh, churches, denominations together. So the United Church was formed by combining the Methodist, the Congregational, and the Presbyterian churches together. The new moderator, his name was Reverend Bill Phipps. He was interviewed by the Ottawa Citizen um, and he, his beliefs were revealed Uh, what was surprising about that was um, he was explaining his own beliefs and those beliefs were based on what he'd learned coming out of a seminary and usually the things that are taught in seminaries are kept kind of secret Um, and the actual beliefs of ministers in the church are kept kind of secret but In 1997, the firestorm was him saying exactly what he believed. And uh, when the news got out across Canada, there was uh, a lot of discussion and a lot of people that were upset by what a minister of a church actually said he believed. So some of the things that are normally kept secret from the public, some of his statements include, I don't believe Jesus was God, but I'm no theologian. I have no idea if there's a hell. Is heaven a place? I have no idea. I don't believe Jesus is the only way to God, he said. I don't believe he rose from the dead as a scientific fact. I don't know whether those things happened. It's an irrelevant question. God is huge, mysterious, wholly beyond our comprehension, and beyond our total understanding. That was the start of his religious beliefs. When asked about some social justice issues, he said things like, what really matters says Reverend Bill Phipps is mending a broken world. We've got enough problems trying to live ethically and well here to have any knowledge or understanding of what happens after we die. Your soul is lost unless you care about starving people on the streets. The way of Jesus has everything to do with the Kyoto summit on global warming, on dealing with child hunger, on helping the homeless. And beyond some of the ideas expressed, Mr. Phipps admitted the United Church continues to lose members Its 1988 decision to ordain homosexuals drove many away. Although about 3,000 Canadians claim affiliation with the United Church, there's only about 230,000 that attend any given Sunday. And since that was 20 years ago, when I looked up the numbers, the United Church is down another million members. So there's only about 2 million Canadians that to be part of the United Church of Canada. A longtime member talking about Bill Phipps was saying, everybody loves Bill. He stimulated our spiritual lives. And as for heaven and hell, the answers are unknowable. So why waste our energy? I remembered this story about the United Church because of a course I'm taking on critical thinking skills. And one of the authors of uh, one of the textbooks was trying to explain what's causing churches to come up with a belief that says God is totally unknowable and totally unknown. And as it turns out, it goes back to some historical philosophers, uh, specifically David Hume, who died in 1776, and Immanuel Kant who died in 1804 and the philosophies they were teaching they didn't necessarily disagree that God exists they just said that there's no way that man can know anything about God and again they would use arguments that would say things like uh, we only have five senses and God's a spirit and so there's no way that we can have any knowledge of God because he acts outside of those five senses. Spirit is outside of what we can understand from our senses. And they use that as a reason to discard the Bible, discard any revelation that God would have given us. And instead they just say God is so transcendent that we mere humans could not know anything about him. It's a, a crazy um, it's a crazy stretch to try to you know understand how a minister of a church, could have such um, way out thinking so why is this important and why is it relevant today in for us in the Church of God one reason is we're not like that church <laughs> we believe that God has that God is real we believe that God has revealed um, knowledge to us through the Bible we believe that God through his son Jesus Christ, has revealed even more to us. So God is very knowable, and um, and we are eager to share what we know of God with, with the world. A second reason, as someone who's been newly ordained, this is my first message to uh, my local church in Ottawa and uh, our sister church in Burlington. And it's an opportunity where we can share and re-acknowledge some foundational ideas and understandings that we have. So the title of this is A New Beginning, but it's not really new as in you throw away everything before. It's just a new opportunity to have a start. There's four things that I'd like to talk about today. The first being our Christian walk. The second, our calling and purpose in this age and this time in history. Third, the purpose of the Church of God that Jesus built and our goals and purpose. And last, to review the resources we have in the church to help us in our Christian walk. So to begin, the first point was our Christian walk. Of course, we all understand that Jesus is our model. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, if you have the handout, it's already printed there. But if you're using your Bibles, so I'll give you a second. First Corinthians 11 verse 1, Paul says, "Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ." And so we understand that Paul uh, is pointing to Christ as the example that we need to be imitating in our lives. Another aspect in our Christian walk is that we want to be great neighbors. We want to be Good people, we want to be great coworkers, uh, we want to be good friends with others. And so part of being a light to the world is, is showing those things in, in our walk. A third part of our walk is that we want to pour out our, we want to have living in our lives all of the virtues of being a Christian and you know these virtues we uh, learn in scripture um, in the handout i've list list a few of them uh, galatians 5:22 gives one list of virtues that we want to have in our life as christians galatians 5:22 says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such there is no law and um the the awesome the awesome thing about such a list is that any one of these we can pick and do an entire sermon just on that and that might be something that's coming ottawa we never know in philippians 4 verses 8 it says finally brethren whatsoever things are true Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, of a good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And a third list of virtues in, in Scripture is in 2 Peter, verses 1. Second uh, Peter 1, verses 5 to 8, where it says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if all these things are yours and abound you'll neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ so again a third part of our christian walk was this idea that we want to have in our lives and pouring out of our lives these christian virtues and so many of them are along the along the lines of making wise choices so so uh you know in our lives there's so many times when choices come up and if you make the wise choice things just go so much better the fourth item i've listed under our christian walk is that we are still to be separate from the world so even though we want to engage we want to be good neighbors and positive coworkers. there's aspects of the world that we need to be um, apart from Um, 1st John 2 verses 15 to 16 says 1st John 2 verses 15 to 16 do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that's in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life Is not of the Father, but is of the world. And so um, Jesus shows us that being different can lead to challenges and persecution. The example I used for this was um, the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, verses 20 and 21. We hear where Jesus talks about challenges and persecutions that can happen to us Christians in our Christian walk. He says in verse 20, Matthew 13, But he who received the seed on stony places is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So in our Christian walk, we also understand that we need to um, be ready for persecution. Uh, Jesus in the parable of the sower talks about all the different uh, types of challenges that a new member is going to have in their Christian walk. And if persecution is something that takes you out, then um, you're not going to become that good soil that he talks about at the end, and where the crop will you know reap thirty times or sixty times or a hundred times. A quote from a professional boxer. you might know him. Uh, his name is Mike Tyson. He's the professional boxer with the voice of an angel. He once said, Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. What I like so much about this quote is that its application stretches far beyond boxing. It really has a meaning in any area of life. Whether the blow comes from a health issue, losing your job, making a bad investment, being stuck in a traffic jam, or in our Christian walk. Everybody has a plan until they get Punched in the mouth until some obstacle gets in the way. And the lesson that we can learn perhaps from this quote is that it's not how you react to that adversity that defines you. Or it's, so once again, it's how you act, it's how you react to that adversary that defines you, not the adversity itself. So it's not the punch that defines you, it's how you react to it. In our Christian walk, Christ has warned us that there will be uh, persecution, there will be tribulation, and we need to continue our walk throughout that. We seek to be a light to the world. I hope one day to see this transition. I've not seen it yet. And what the transition is, is when you have a friend or a coworker, and they might be talking to someone else about you, not necessarily behind your back, but you're not necessarily there. And they might say something about you that is to say, you know, wow, he's a, he's a great person. He's, he's kind and generous and he's thoughtful. He as a deep thinker and he'll, he would give you the shirt off his back. He's very generous. The only thing that's wrong with that guy is he's got this kooky religion. And the transition that I would love to see one day <laughs> is, as as you continue to be friends and and uh, he, you continue to uh, know each other better, I'd love one day to see the transition where he's, they realize that you're not this great person because um, you're not this great person in spite of having this these religious beliefs this kooky religion, but you're this great person because you've been influenced by your religion. And the hope in the in seeing that transition in someone is that they would see someone has become a great person because of their religious beliefs, that because of the Christian walk that they're doing, I would like to learn more about those ways as well because I'd like to be a better person too. And that's the hope that we have in our Christian walk, that... We can be an example that uh, would draw others as well the second point that we wanted to cover today is titled our calling and purpose in this age at this time in history in John 644 Jesus says no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up the last day and this concept of God needing to call each one of us is important to each one of us it shows us that you know the create the you know the the Father God the head of the family of God has taken the time to look down at us and has made a decision that, that we're to be you know that he wants to draw us to his to his church another verse that's uh, uh, only a few chapters away John 12 and verse 32 Christ makes an interesting statement where he says and I if I am lifted up from the earth will draw all people to myself and what this verse seems to be saying is that when Christ is lifted up as in the crucifixion where he gives his life for all humanity if I'm lifted up from the earth. He would draw all people to himself. This idea of a calling um, might be represented there as in all people at that point are being called. Not everyone is going to respond to the call, but some people will respond to the call. Those people that respond are called first fruits. And in keeping the holy days, we learn lots about being a first fruit. A saying that old timers in the church sometimes use is that god doesn't call people in this age to save them he calls people in this age to spend them as in people christians brethren that are called at this time are being called because of the need the work of the church that workers are needed in the church and that's why God is calling people to be first fruits is to participate in this work that's needed to get the gospel message out to the world. Jesus explains in John 4:35 to 38, "Do not say there's still 4 months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest." This was 2,000 years ago. Jesus is looking around and saying, the fields are white for harvest. We don't need to wait four months for things to be ready. Things are ready now. And that was 2,000 years ago. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who rips, reaps may rejoice. So again, there's... there's spiritual blessings that await us and that we participate in now because we're doing the work of God now. For this is the saying that is true. One sows and another reaps. I send you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. And in Luke 10 verse 2, he goes on and says, the harvest is truly great but the laborers are few therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest so it's an interesting thing as members of the church as people who are working to accomplish the gospel message that Jesus is saying that we can influence having more laborers by praying for that that if we pray that the Lord of the Harvest may send additional members to help with the um, with the heavy lifting that the church is doing. A third point that we are going to cover today is the purpose of the Church of God that Jesus built, our goals, and our purpose. <clears throat> In Canada... We have the benefit of a Canadian ministry that's been working together to develop five-year plans. Um, it started with Mr. Ramacon, uh, uh perhaps five or six years ago, and it's continued on. And the, the nice thing about these five-year plans is it, is it helps the church have, you know, to set goals to understand what's our mission, what's our vision, what's our purpose, what's our, what's our values, what are the things that we're wanting to emphasize now, because, you know, the, the Bible is a giant book and there's a million different directions that you could um, choose to go. What the Canadian ministry has done is they've provided some focuses so that the members can all be pulling together to accomplish similar goals. And again, in the handout, I've got uh, a listing of of the mission and vision and values that CGI Canada, the ministry in Canada, has put together so that the church in Canada understands exactly what we're what our goals are and what are what we're trying to accomplish under the title of mission it says our mission is to preach the gospel the good news of the kingdom to all peoples primarily within Canada so again as a Canadian work we're primarily working with Canada but I understand from Adrian that that this broadcast is going out to um, members worldwide and that's awesome So the mission is to preach the good news of the kingdom to all peoples as a witness and a warning and to nurture and prepare disciples to reign with Jesus Christ. So, again, long timers in the church will uh, recognize that what the mission is saying is that we need to preach the gospel and we need to feed the flock. It's a natural uh, outcome of preaching the gospel that there are going to be some people that are called. Some people will respond To the call that's out there the open call is to everyone but only some are going to respond and we need to be prepared to nurture and prepare those disciples who are called at this time who respond to the call the vision of the church in canada for the next five years our vision statement says by 2025 we will have a reputation for being a healthy church of god organization with a ministry that's respected and easy to approach due to our servant leadership culture and our ability to effectively proclaim and teach the word of God. So the vision that the ministry is set for 2025 is to be a healthy church, a church that anyone can come to and know that they're going to be uh, well nurtured, that they're going to get good messages, And it's interesting, it's talking about a ministry that's respected and easy to approach. So the idea of respected has to do with education. That as a new minister, I can't just say, okay, all that study is over for me. I can um, put my feet up now and just coast until Christ's return. Actually, as part of the uh, ministry in Canada, um, you know, they've... uh, outlined uh, an educational curriculum of some some courses that are available and uh, i've already gotten started on some of those courses it's uh it's awesome to be part of a church that wants to stretch you uh, intellectually that we want to um again we want to challenge the membership to um to grow and we as ministers also want to challenge be challenged and grow and i uh, remember the uh the saying from the founder of uh, McDonald's, when you're green, you're growing, when you're ripe, when you're ripe, you rot. And so the idea of continue to, continuing to grow is something that's right in our vision statement, that it certainly applies to the ministry and it applies also to the members of the church. The other item that's listed in the handout and uh, we'll talk about here is, is the idea of core values. Um, again, we've talked about um, we've talked about many different uh, Christian values that are out there, and some of them we've identified for Canada as being core values. And there's a bit of an acronym that was set up called I4C, and it's because one of the values starts with the letter I, and the other four values start with the uh, letter C. So I4C, which kind of. Uh, um, it's a good uh, memory tool to uh, understand that um, you know, we have five different elements that uh, make up our core values. The first one is integrity. if you know if somebody shows up at the door of a church such as was described at the beginning of this message, where the the minister has no idea if Jesus is God, has no idea if there's a heaven or hell, thinks that God is so mysterious and transcendent that there's no way to know anything about him. I don't see how he could have integrity in trying to teach people either from the Bible or from anywhere else. Again, if he doesn't even believe the Bible is God's word, then what is he teaching? Just ideas that are popping out of his mind because he's not grounded in something like the Bible. And so integrity is key to... Building trust with new people that are coming in, and and keeping that trust of of the membership that's here. The first of the C's is courage, and uh, it was interesting. I was listening to uh, uh, Dennis Prager's weekly fireside chat, and the subject that he started out talking about is the importance of courage, because if that if you don't have that value, then none of the other values may necessarily ever be able to shine unless you have courage to be able to you know stand up for your convictions and um, you know potentially prove your convictions to um, um, to forcefully put forward your ideas if you don't have the courage to be able to do that then none of the other values or or uh, christian traits might ever be visible to anyone we need as christians Courage and especially in this world, um, being a Christian will often get you, you know, labeled. Um, in the case of Canada, one of the frustrating things is any politician that says that they're a Christian instantly gets labeled with the title of spooky because they believe in, um, you know, a creation and they believe in the flood. And and so those ideas are spooky. They're, that's not science. That's not thinking. These must be people that don't think. And it's a uh, it's a devious attack um, against Christians. And again, if you stand up to say you're a Christian, that's something that you're going to need to be able to uh, counter that uh, attack against you. And you need courage to be able to do that. The other core values include care. As in, when new people come to the church, we need to um, you know, to show them care. There's courtesy and consideration. These are things as people are drawn uh, to the body of Christ. These are things that will show them our love for them. And with care and courtesy and consideration, it allows us to work together as a body, to work out any challenges or problems we might face. And again, these are the core values that the church in Canada has. And as a, a new minister, in in the church in canada it's something that i want to make sure you know the the vision the mission all these things i want to keep rated in the front of my um, vision so that i know exactly um, what we as a team are wanting to accomplish in this in this next five-year period on the next page of the handout and what we'll talk about now is is the uh, five-year objectives for the church there's two There are two things that in the next five years we want to accomplish in the Church of God International. This is our focus. The first objective is to help people walk worthy of our vocation, maintain humility while bearing others, one another in charity, keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, and lastly, discover, develop, and use their gifts Towards being active members of the body of Christ. So this isn't talking about, you know, just the ministry needs to be doing this. This is talking about what each member needs to be doing. It's in our five-year objective, and that's our goal is to help God's people. But a lot of it is building up um, ourselves to be even better able to address issues. The more we learn, the more we're able to help others. And the better quality of help we might be able to give to others. The verse that's associated with the first objective is Ephesians four, verses one to three, where it says, Therefore, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The second five-year objective reads like this. To have an evangelism program, A, that is robust and uncompromising in its biblical content and ability to address current affairs. And B, that leverages technology and word of mouth. So again, the hope is that, that what we're doing is going to also be uh, causing the members to be going out there and talking to people about um, you know what our evangelistic outreach is we understand in the church of god international one of the primary outreaches we have is the armor of god program and we have our you know some of the top ministers that are really good presenters and they are dealing with topics that are really timely things that um, you know are normally uh, things that you might be chatting about around a water cooler or some things that are going to stretch your mind and, and have you, um, you know, discussing, um, you know, ideas that are topical today. And so, so, um, the goal of the church is to have an evangelism program in Canada. We have, um, Pastor Horane Smith in the Toronto congregation who's responsible. He's the evangelism coordinator for the church in Canada. So he does a lot of work to, um, identify opportunities for placing our advertisements uh he selects some of the topics that are going to be done at different times of the year um, part of our our goal in the church is to is to provide meat in due season um, for the membership and also for uh, the rest of the world so that you know as seasons come around there are topics that are more timely and so <clears throat> so uh Harain is involved with uh um, uh, identifying where we're going to be doing advertising where we might be doing uh, different evangelistic outreaches uh, an interesting aside in his research Haring was was uh, seeing that the effectiveness of of uh you know having a live uh campaign where we bring a speaker into a city and maybe rent a hotel one of the things he was finding is that was becoming less and less effective and in some places there'd be people that would be calling the hotel to say, you know, what's the meal going to be? Because the, the, the uh, announcement would say that, uh, you know, uh, food would be provided. And so they're calling the hotel, not because they're interested in um, necessarily what the message is going to be, but they wanted to know what kind of free meal am I going to get if I, if I come to this. And so, so the effectiveness of that was seen to be uh, not so good. However, in our Kawartha Lakes congregation, uh, Pastor Adrian went and did a special campaign and there was 43 people that were new that, that came to that one campaign. And so so um, how does uh, an evangelism coordinator decide, you know, are these campaigns good and effective or are they something we should be phasing out? I have no idea. That's his problem to figure that out. But uh, it's a blessing when uh, a Evangelism idea works and, um, hopefully the, you know, the church will be able to figure out what the right, what the right tool is with each of the different audiences that's going to be effective. In Quartha Lakes, we know that they responded beautifully to, um, having, um, a timely, a timely message delivered. And, uh, and so, um, evangelism, as we know, is a, is a key part of the church. And it's one of these uh, five-year objectives that we have to um, have a robust evangelism program. Interestingly, the five-year plan includes uh, much more, including things like a listing of what the external forces acting against the church are. I'm not going to go through them now, but it's great that the ministry is identified. Here are some uh, dangers or, or things to be aware of as a church as we're trying to, to uh, accomplish work. And there's also the same list or same kind of list of internal challenges that exist for a church to be successful. And so it's great to see that the ministry sat down and identified. Here are things we need to be cautious of even inside the church in blocking us from, from accomplishing our goals. And the last thing that they did that was, uh, I think, really valuable, they came up with six or seven what they call critical success factors. And these are things that are critical if we're going to meet the objectives that have been set.
0: <clears throat>
1: one of the ways that they've identified how um, how to deal with these uh, critical success factors is in, in Ottawa uh, and in Burlington, I believe, What one of the things they do is is they've uh, created lists of what the, each factor is. And perhaps each month, they'll go through the factor. It may be something like health. As a church, you can't be effective if most of your people are you know, having health problems. Uh, a lot of churches, there's diabetes or overweight or um, uh, other issues. And so it's great to have an opportunity to as a church work together and identify what kinds of things can we do to to help that. And that helps motivate people to, you know, start a walking program, uh, choose better things for their diet. And again, what the goal is with the the success factors is uh, we rate ourselves, uh, you know, as a group, maybe between one to 10, with 10 being terrible. And the hope is after a month or two of working on this, we can move from maybe being an eight, down to being a five. And what the goal is, is to show some continued improvement. And and so uh, as a new minister and working with the Ottawa group, this is something that we are eager to continue to work on. Critical success factors that are going to help us as a church to accomplish what the goals, the objectives of the church are. Uh, The next part of the handout talks about as a minister as a new minister i want to be clear of my responsibilities and be sure the ottawa members understand that as well too and so uh, the church of god international has a booklet that's titled manual for field churches and uh, on pages 18 and 19 in the booklet it lists the uh, 11 duties of a minister and so Um, If we had time, I'd ask you to take out a piece of paper and try to write down as many of the 11 points as you can think of. But since we don't have time for that, I'll just go ahead and uh, describe some of them here. For duties of a minister, the first one is to properly take care of their own families. And the scripture of 1 Timothy 5.8 is given. The idea here is that you can't be... Um, you know, necessarily effective as a minister if you're not taking care of of things at home first. And so so uh, they wanted to establish that. So it was listed as number one. A second uh, duty of a minister is to oversee the church. Jesus Christ invested the ministry with the responsibility to provide servant leadership to his church. As servant to the people, he does not want to exercise authority as a lord over um, God's heritage, and so, so that's a second point, is oversee things that are happening in the local churches. Point number three is to feed the flock. And interestingly, it, it's not putting the total burden on the minister. It goes on and says to feed the flock, not necessarily to do it all himself, but to see that it is done. In the Church of God International, the Sabbath service program is the responsibility of the ministry With support from the congregation, the pastor is encouraged to work with and train men in public speaking. They should be gifted with biblical understanding, a grasp of speaking fundamentals, and a desire to go before the church. Once they've acquired certain speaking skills and have gained the confidence of the congregation and support of the pastor, they can and should be recognized as a credentialed speaker. So in the Church of God International, I've heard for many years that this concept of a credentialed speaker exists, where, um, as it says, after you've established that you can you are you're apt to teach, you know how to put together a sermon, and it's always sound doctrine, then um, you can be recognized by your name being sent by the pastor to headquarters. And I'm not sure if you get a little wallet card that has your name on it that says you're a credentialed speaker, but what it means is that is that you're being recognized as someone who can go from one congregation perhaps to another uh, congregation and visit where you don't have to have an ordained minister there to um, oversee the message that you give. You're credentialed to be able to speak because the leadership of the church and of the congregation has uh, recognized that you're competent to do that. In the many years that I've been in the CGI, I've never gotten a uh, <laughs> a little card saying that I'm a, credentialed speaker but in Ottawa that's something I know we have some some good men there and that's something that I think we'd like to work towards and perhaps um, see if that credential is uh, is something that's an active thing that is done in the church point number four as time permits a minister you know, a, a duty of the minister is to make himself available to members for ministerial duties such as counseling baptism weddings funerals and prayer so um that those are all things that you normally think of when you think of a minister that you may need uh you know request counseling on a subject or or there may be uh you know a wedding or something that's in the future and so so those are um some joyful things potentially and even funerals and and uh and uh you know praying about certain problems so those are all you know, whether it's joyful or whether it's uh uh, unifying and, and, uh, uh, you know, something that potentially is sad, um, there's, there's, uh, functions where the ministry can work with, uh, um, with members to, um, you know, these different, uh, occurrences in life, these, uh, occasions in life that, uh, uh, the church puts special, uh, recognition to. Point number five, to arrange, Cooperative services on Holy Days, pulling church areas together whenever practical, to whatever degree is acceptable to the congregation, you should seek to build bridges and extend the hand of fellowship to brethren outside the CGI. And in Ottawa, we have had opportunities to meet with United Church of God in in the Montreal area and in the Ottawa area. And we've had um, some church services that were, um, so some Holy Day services that were, combined with, with both groups, and that went for several years. And so uh, perhaps there will be opportunities in the future where we can uh, reach out that hand of fellowship, especially with other Church of God groups. The, the hope is that, that we'll be able to do that. Point six, encourage the attendance of all members at the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, interestingly, in Ottawa, uh, this was a first year where they were set up as a, um, as a satellite church, to um, have a feast of tabernacles uh, locally, and uh, it went awesomely. Uh, all the reports that I've gotten from Ottawa is that uh, even though we have the issues of COVID and needing to uh, have was, um, uh, distancing and wearing masks, that uh, Ottawa was still able to have meals, you know, some meals together, and lots, you know, lots of different activities in the larger feast site. Uh, we were not able to have as many uh, activities together. And so so some might say we were a little envious of Ottawa being able to do uh, a lot of what they were doing. And, and so uh, uh, it was awesome that the Feast of Tabernacles went really well in Ottawa. Uh, lots of great reports from it. And at the central site, we also had a, had a beautiful feast this year. And it's saying that one of the duties of the ministry is to you know, try to make sure that the members are able to attend the feast. Point seven, to live and maintain a lifestyle according to the highest ethical standards of the ministry. Number eight, to provide servant leadership training to members of the congregation. Number nine, to recommend qualified men to the ministerial council for involvement in the MAP program. That's a ministerial apprentice program. Uh, I was involved in that for three years with Pastor Adrian and Pastor Murray being my uh, direct mentors. Uh, for the three-year period, and so it's a chance to, um, you know, go through some educational materials together for me to uh, participate with them if they're doing, um, um, so I had the, the opportunity for some uh, anointings to, to um, you know, participate in that with them. Um, um, at the feast, uh, there's, a, you know, sometimes a, a bigger group of people, and so there's more opportunity perhaps for anointings. I worked with uh, Rick Dubler at one feast and we anointed some people and and this year again uh, we had that opportunity um number ten in the spirit of admonition to be subject one to another to hold himself accountable to the ministry at large and the ministerial council in particular so in the church of god international there's no uh, rogue minister that gets to do whatever he feels like we all are subject in the ministry we're subject one to another and we have a ministerial council that also oversees so if there's you know, anyone that has you know concerns or problems about um, a minister then there's a you know a path of of uh, you know that can be taken to ad- address any of those issues but the key part of it is the humility of each of the men to to be subject you know one to another that nobody's the you know just because you become a minister you're not the big shot that gets to do whatever you feel like, or do whatever you want. We're servant leaders, and um, in our service, we are subject one to another. And point number 11, the last one that I've listed is to supervise the nomination and election of members of a local church council. And again, we in Ottawa have a, a local council that uh, oversees uh, you know, setting up for uh, social activities, and, and uh, it also helps organize some of our outreach uh charitable outreach so there's been times when we've um um you know uh, collected money for um uh gift cards that we could give to the uh, a woman shelter that's local to us and so different people will often recommend different charities that we can help and as a as a group in Ottawa there's a local uh council that uh that helps with um the organizing of some of those activities So that's the uh, 11 duties of a minister. If you can think of any others, uh, you know, please uh, you know, send me a note so I can get it added to the list. <laughs> uh, next part is, is uh, again, part of the Manual of Field Churches. On page number six, it talks about um, understanding at a higher level the essential activities of the church. And so, again, our Manual for Field Churches, when Christ said, I'm going to build my church, what are the things that he was expecting? And the manual for field churches identifies four things that, um, that that we look forward to the church handling. Number one is worship. This involves prayer and songs of praise, um, honoring God with our presence. A second essential activity of the church is edification. In the simplest terms, preaching and teaching. Uh, either live or through you know media resources like this. And it can involve uh, advice and encouragement received from conversations with the brethren. So edification is the second purpose of the church, function that is expected the church to be able to do. Number three is fellowship, simply being together. Uh, fellowship involves mutual exhortation, encouragement, consolation, and sometimes admonition. We all remember the proverb: uh, "Faithful are the wounds of a friend." And so sometimes a friend needs to take you aside and and uh, give a bit of admonition to encourage you to you know, do better, to change something that might have gotten off of track. And the hope is that um, in our in this fellowship that we're doing together, that we each realize the love that we have for each other and how hard it is sometimes. For somebody to try to bring something to to someone else to, you know, hopefully have them, um, you know, be able to address something in their life. So, so the hope is that we all remain humble and teachable, and eager to uh, build up each other to be even better. Point number four of the four functions of a church: and the fourth point is service. This includes assisting the needy visiting encouraging helping the sick as well as all other forms of christian service these can of course be done individually but can be effectively coordinated by the local church so that's uh, another function that um, we hope that the church is able to accomplish and again especially working together so the last uh page of the handout the last item that we'll discuss is to review some resources we have in the church to help our Christian walk. We'll start with a a scripture, Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 14. Ephesians 4, 11 to 14, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And this is the verse that's especially important, verse 12. For the equipping of the saints... For the work of the ministry, and again, the reason that's really important is is because when I first read that, and for the last 45 years when I was reading that, I was always reading that's for the equipping of the saints, um, for the work of the ministry, as in this is stuff that the ministers have to do. But that's not what the verse is saying. <laughs> the verse is saying that we as ministers, part of what we're doing, you know, he gave some to be apostles and prophets and, and teachers, pastors. What we're to be doing is equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. The saints are to be doing ministry. So again, we're to be using the word of God to equip the state of the saints to do ministry. Once again. Use ministers use the Word of God to equip saints to do ministry, and so um, with that with that realization, you know when when the pastor's up front doing a message, the purpose of that is to equip the saints so that when they go out uh, and you know they return home and they're dealing with a circle of people in their lives all week long, the hope is that. Uh, their ministry in working with all the people around them uh, will be effective. And again, in uh, some of the courses that I've started to take, um, one of the points being made is that um, you know it might be it might be worthwhile to have a a time for testimonials at each at you know each week because there's many people in the church and they're all doing ministry um, with their circle of people that they're involved with and so you know an example might be a testimonial where someone says well last week's sermon was on the subject of uh, being thankful and so when i took that home what i decided to do was to phone some people and to thank them Uh, i also decided to send some some cards to people to be you know to say thanks for something that they've done i decided to send an email to someone you know to a couple of people to be thankful and then I also decided in person to go up and and tell someone, you know, tell some people, thank you for what you've done. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, which of those is, is one more effective than another um, at you know being able to draw a conversation or draw out, uh, um, you know, the, the appreciation of you being thankful towards what they've done for you, and uh, and so talking about the results of that is something that a congregation can then benefit from so it starts with a perhaps a, a sermon talking about being thankful but it its effectiveness is how is that equipping the saints for the work of the ministry for the work of ministry that they're doing that the saints are doing and so so i look forward in the you know the next uh, months and years uh, uh, you know in working with um, you know the people in ottawa and other other locations in, you know, providing tools to help their ministry, their um, their Christian walk as they're interacting with others. The, uh, the next point was to talk about some resources that we have in the church. So these are kind of like tools in our toolkit, and the first ones I'm listed here are Um, you know, the Father and Jesus, who we can reach in prayer. Um, those are, you know, that's a key tool that we want to pray about things that helps us to, you know, bounce the ideas off of the Father, off of Jesus. And, uh, and we look forward to them inspiring back to help us to understand what, you know, what path we might want to take. We also have, uh, the Bible, um, as a tool. It's a tool in our toolkit that has a lot of wisdom in it for us another tool that we have in the church of god international is a statement of beliefs our statement of beliefs is currently probably you know, 33 or 36 different items that talk about exactly what our teachings are and each each uh teaching is about three lines long where it just says this is this is what our belief is and some people will say well, why do you need a statement of beliefs here's a here's a bible the problem is, everybody says that they get their beliefs from the Bible, but uh, they don't. They don't usually line up, and we don't really understand what they mean. And so, a statement of belief says exactly what we understand and what um, what our belief is in the Church of God International. So, if we're dealing like with somebody like at the beginning of the sermon, well, I don't know if you know. I don't know if uh, Jesus, you know, uh, was real. I don't know if he ever rose from the dead. Things like that are going to be pretty clearly explained. And again, as a website guy, here's another opportunity for me to advertise something that's on the CGICanada.org site. And I, I called it, and again, there's a link on the handout, The Christian Adventure. And what that does is it takes our, let's say, 33 Statements of Belief items and it puts with each of those items all of the different sermons and Bible courses and um, articles that have been written and uh, blog posts that might have been written that deal with each of the subjects. So, for example, um, if you're interested in the subject of baptism, you know all the different you know, places where baptism is referenced in one of our um, you know, Bible correspondence course lessons or Wherever there is an Armor of God program that dealt with that subject, uh, those are all listed. So you have links to all of the materials that the Church of God International has on uh, all of the different points of our belief, our 33 points of our statement of beliefs. So it's called the Christian Adventure because it takes forever to get through um, you know, this many links. The Church of God International has existed since um, 1978, And so there's been, you know, lots of different ministers, lots of different writings, and lots of uh, materials created to help preach the gospel, uh, to get the message out, and to identify what we believe and why we believe it. So if you're interested, uh, for example, in the subject of the Holy Spirit, there might be, you know, sermons there by Vance Stinson or by Mike James or by, you know, any of the, you know, various... uh, Armor of God presenters. And and so by going through the list, you might be able to find, oh, here's a speaker that I particularly like. Or maybe you prefer written materials. And so then you'll be able to see, oh, there's a booklet on the subject, as well as there's a, a correspondence course that deals with baptism in detail. And so the Christian adventure allows people in the Church of God International to really sharpen their skills in each of the different Things that are part of our statement of beliefs, all of the various areas that that uh, are normally going to be areas that are talked about in sermons, or in articles that are written, or in our booklets. I think there's something like 170 different booklets that that exist uh, on the Canadian site. Um, there's there's uh, um, more on the Canadian site than the American site at this point. Uh, Um, Some of the older materials kind of fell off of the uh, site in the U.S., and so if you're interested in, um, you know, booklets, articles, in these resources that can help you in your Christian walk, um, I would suggest uh, uh, the link, once again, is cgicanada.org slash the-christian-adventure. And so um, if you go there, then... uh, You'll, you'll see it's an enormous long web page because the CGI, fortunately, has produced lots and lots of materials that I think uh, you'll benefit from. Um, one other point is, is uh, you know, when we're talking about a statement of beliefs, every once in a while someone will go through it and, and they'll see, oh, number 14, I, didn't, I don't necessarily believe exactly that one of the other opportunities we have in the church of god international is to um, present such a pr- prepare and have study papers available that go right to the ministerial council so any member can um, um, you know if they find something in a booklet that they don't think is appropriate or something that is in part of our teachings that uh, may not be appropriate the opportunity exists to present your material to the local minister if you'd like to Chat about it, or to to uh, go over it, but everybody has also the opportunity to present or to have you know uh, papers to go to the ministerial council for their consideration. I think that's pretty powerful. So again, we've talked about booklets and articles and sermons. We have websites and social media, uh, Facebook, and um, and uh, other social media that allow people to share ideas and. Um, we also have the ministry. We have brethren that we can interact with in fellowship. Um, people that can be examples to us and mentors to us as well. So in closing, a newly ordained pastor like me in our Ottawa church is an opportunity for a new beginning. Building upon the good of the past, local members and leaders and spiritual gifts in the congregation. Interestingly, five years ago, um, um, Mr. Ramakan, when he did his um, uh, work as an evangelism coordinator, we in Ottawa identified a problem that we had. Was we didn't really understand spiritual gifts and who had what gifts, and, and we wanted to, to maximize our, our um, understanding of that. And so, so because we were able to focus, we were able to identify a problem, we were then able to focus on it, have sermons on the subject, have people talking about it and interacting with each other to better identify. So I would suggest something that was a weakness in Ottawa. Spiritual gifts is now become a strength and it's something that we can continue to build on um, beyond. So we want to build on the good of the past, the local members and the leaders and the spiritual gifts that exist in the congregation. And we also want to look forward to new learning and opportunities and outreach if there's any topics people want covered, you know, please uh, send me a note and or talk to me, and we can be sure that those will be covered. So at the beginning of the message, we saw some shocking statements from the largest Protestant church in Canada. In the Church of God, we're not paralyzed into believing God is unknown or unknowable. We have truth to share beyond what most most of the churches know of our understanding of the holy days our understanding of god's plan of salvation is something that most churches most christian churches have no idea of and we have a mission from jesus to do as well it's identified in matthew 28 verses 19 and 20. so i'll close with jesus words where he says Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age.
2: Thank you, Brother Jim. It's good to have you on board and look forward to your contributions to the ministry here in Canada, especially in the congregation in Ottawa. Thank you for that. Uh, just a couple of, of reminders here before we go to the closing prayer and the closing hymn. Don't forget to tune in to the uh, Wednesday Bible Study, 7.30 this week. We will begin a new book. We've just finished book three of the Psalms, so we'll take a break from the Psalms and jump into a new book. So join uh, us on Wednesday at 7.30. And for the next book, it'll be a surprise. So uh, tune in uh, to find out what that new study book will be. And uh, don't forget to, again, turn your back- clocks back tonight. And for the local members uh, here in Burlington, Ottawa, check the Slack channel for our Zoom call for after-sermon discussion. We'll begin sometime around 4.10. 4:10. So we will uh, close with prayer now, I'll close with prayer, and then we will proceed to the, straight into the final hymn, which will be from page two, 185, To the Work. So again, thank you for joining us. Look forward to seeing you here again next week. God willing, we'll have our Deacon Jan Kowalczyk giving the sermon next week. And we will see you then. Let's all bow our heads in prayer. And then the final hymn to the work. Father in heaven, we just pause before you at the end of this service. Thank you so very much for the technology that unites us. We thank you for the work and the efforts of those who have put together this service today. We thank you for uh, your words from our uh, brother and new elder, Jim. We thank you for the the work that goes into putting these services together. We ask you to be with us both uh, locally and around the world as we as we take stock of ourselves and where we are in our, our journey with you and, we're, and where we are together in our journey together with you. We ask you to be with your church in the coming weeks, months and, and months as we navigate uh, what is certainly to be some strenuous times. We are coming through a, a year that has been chock full of, of hurdles and trials and obstacles aimed at uh, um, derailing your people. We now this week have a, an election in, in our country to the south of us, a, a, the, the, one of the main countries that drives this world, and we just ask a special blessing on your people that regardless of outcome, that we maintain our focus on you, that we maintain our focus on our behavior, and give us peace and calm that that your spirit provides that regardless of outcome uh, we we will not turn on each other that we will um boldly and courageously as we heard uh at, in during the message today that we will stand up for you that we will take your your message to the world and that we will not be afraid to to stand up for you so again we we are so grateful to have knowledge of you and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we just ask you to stir up within us your spirit that we may be bold, that we may be faithful, and that we may stand to the end. Again, we ask you to dismiss this service, bring us back together next week, and just go with us individually and collectively. And we look forward to the return of your son. We now put this, the rest of this Sabbath into your hands, we thank you for this opportunity to be together. We thank you for the sacrifice of you, Jesus Christ. And we now close this service and doing so in the name of, of Jesus Christ, our brother, King and Messiah. Amen.